the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to uh, rescuersradioshow.org where you can hear all of the programs, 125, we're, we're closing in on 130 shows now, and in our third year, and, um, and enjoy all of those. And also, you'll see a, a donate button that you may be interested in, because we are a listener-supported ministry, and that's uh, up to you. So my guest I'm very excited about. We've been trying to put this together for months, Harry. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to introduce Harry Brown, president of New of uh, New Generations, a uh, international ministry. And uh, hello Harry Brown. How are you? I'm doing well, Art. Good to be with you. And you're not in Arizona, you're in Nashville? The Nashville area of Tennessee. That's correct. Awesome. Great area, by the way. <laughs> I love that way, that area. So, uh, Harry, before we drill down into your wonderful works, uh, let's first take a look into your life story for our audience and, and share with us how, do you got, how did you get to this point in your life? You reside in Tennessee, and I don't know if you grew up there or not, but tell us about your life story. Sure. Uh, born and raised in California. Nice. And uh, at 18 years of age, started uh, what's now become 48 consecutive years of full-time ministry, uh, my my wife has shared 44 of that with me, and it's had a, a lot of diversity in it. The most recent season, which is now 27 years of that 44, has been involved in what we call disciple-making movements. Nice. Oh, it's, it's so good to team up that way, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> We've got a nice long uh, run together. Yeah. So uh, you grew up in California, and then somehow you ended up in Tennessee. Yes, we came here a couple years ago chasing grandkids. <laughs> My wife and I are going to be in Michigan soon visiting uh, our grandkids that live there. Uh, it's kind of fun to move around that way. So um, let's take a look at uh, new generations. That's a that's a uh, you know uh, that's a broad statement, a broad um, nomenclature. So walk us through uh, exactly what new generations represents. Yes, as I mentioned, we're all about disciple-making movements, and we define a movement as at least 100 new churches that have multiplied to at least four generations of churches planting churches. Nice. 
So, um, and you, this is your idea. You thought of this. God led you through this process to uh, to form this. Uh, well, I'm I'm the founder of New Generations, yeah. but the the con- conceptual idea came from a guy named David Watson, who came out of the International Mission Board (IMB), the Southern Baptist uh, Missionary Group, and he's the one that planted the seed that's been nurtured and grown to uh, way beyond anything that any any of us thought was possible. So the new the the name New Generations applies to new disciples, right? Yeah, well, we would describe this as a chain reaction of disciples making disciples that results in a cascade of churches planting churches. So New Generations, the idea applies both to disciples and to churches. So it has a, uh, calling it international, so what other countries do you you work in and serve in? Yeah, so right now we're involved in 59 different countries and 890 different people groups. They used to call them tribes, the ABC tribe, the XYZ tribe. So 890 of those, and big picture, scattered around North Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, South Asia, which is dominated by India, Southeast Asia, dominated by Indonesia, and Eurasia, which is the Russian-speaking world, basically. Yeah, wow. So um, have you asked, you, you've actually traveled to these countries to, to plant? Uh, yes, my, my current travel log is something in the range of 85 countries, and many of them I've been to a dozen or more times. So I've... Um, I've got a fairly good callus on my sit spot. <laughs> so, uh, so before you go to those countries, do you set up uh, meetings and so forth, and 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 exactly what new generations is all about. I, I assume. Yeah, well, it's probably important to say that it's a hundred percent indigenous on the ground. So the fact that I happen to live in Tennessee and work out of the back room of my house, which I jokingly call the intergalactical headquarters, belies <laughs> um, the fact that the real action is happening with uh, all the men and women and all those different countries who are on the ground extending the kingdom of God through this disciple-making movement process. And it doesn't matter uh, what discipline or religion or any of that. It's just it's, a, it's an overshadowing of God, right? Yeah, the, the idea here, the what drives the process is what we call discovery Bible studies. So you're getting lost people into the Word of God, and you're asking four basic questions. What does it say? What does it mean? What will you do in response? And who can you tell? And of course, people are always saying, why in the world would lost people be in the Word of God seeking to answer those questions? And the answer is, Jesus said very clearly, if the Father's not drawing them, they're not coming. So we put a lot of time and effort into the intercessors who are praying that the Father would draw them. Yeah, so um, how did the name come about? Well, we struggled with all sorts of names and uh, used some outside consulting services, and at the end of the day, it just got simplified to, you know, what is the core business? It's one generation producing another that repeats the process. So new generations became the name. Awesome. So... um, as I was going through some background uh, um, information, Harry, I found that um, I found something very interesting. Uh, you once lived in a ghetto community for five years. Uh, what was that ministry then? 
Yeah, that was as a um, part of City Team and part of their youth outreach division. We moved into that community because we were very concerned about the disadvantaged youth and the kids from broken homes. And we used to be involved with City Team's camp for inner city kids, and we saw a tremendous impact happened during the summer that pretty much faded away when they went back home. Mm. So my wife and I said, we're going to move into the community. We're going to identify with the community. We're going to be there 24-7 so that the momentum uh, for the cause of the kingdom won't be lost. And it turns out that both of our kids were born there. <laughs> wow. And where was that? So this community is called East Palo Alto, and it's uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Sure. And it's across four lanes of freeway from Palo Alto, California, which is famous for Stanford University, for Silicon Valley type things, for Hewlett Packard and so forth. So it's one of those uh, four lanes of freeway separate something dramatically different from the left to the right. Huge difference in in um, in relationships and the people that you were serving. Yes. And and I'll give you just a quick um, lesson I learned. I'll call it a life lesson. When I was there, we worked frenetically trying to do everything we could to serve people and to bring them to saving faith. And we figured out over time that sincerity and sacrifice doesn't trump strategy. uh, We paid the price in terms of the house being robbed and people saying awful things and throwing rocks at us Mm. and beating on the house in the middle of the night and saying, we're going to burn it down and cook your kids, stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. None of that drove us out. But what we really didn't have a grip on was the simple strategy Jesus put in place, make disciples and teach them to obey. Mm -hmm. So the idea is they do obey what Jesus said. They'll get others to do the same. And instead of you and your uh, wife trying to change the whole community, you have a grassroots movement of people who are naturally changing things because they've been supernaturally changed by God. So you saw two drastic things going on. One is very um, non-unwelcoming, I'll I'll say, and and, and maybe even uh, very cruel, hostile, (laughs) yes, hostile environment to the other side. There were people in that environment that knew what you were doing and and were gracious about that, right? Well, we had the privilege of being able to walk some girls down the aisle for the dad they never had, to have some kids uh, named after us when they were born, both my wife and I. And and I can say that uh, God truly transformed, you know, several handfuls of kids. But we set out to change the community, and that didn't happen. And that's why I say that service and sacrifice don't trump strategy. Mm -hmm. God kept bringing us back in retrospect to the idea you're supposed to make disciples, teach them to obey, and they need to repeat the process. You know, I've always thought that if we got uh, commandment one and two, we we wouldn't need the others. (laughs) Yeah, they they do fit and flow together. (laughs) I I tell people that uh, there's three pillars on which the entire New Testament stands. The first is love God. The second is love people. But the third is make disciples and teach them to obey. Hmm. And if you think about a tripod, you really can't have one leg short or missing and have that thing stand up. It's true. Very true. So um, so at that point, was new generation born at that time? It, it, there, there's kind of a long story in that, but okay. it's downstream no, of go that. go for it. And, and I took a lot of life lessons out of that. 
So there were, there was four seasons in my 44 years at City Team, working in the camp, working in the inner city ghetto, and then surprisingly becoming the CFO. And then 27 years ago, launching a division of City Team called City Team International that eventually uh, became New Generations. Okay, and and uh, and then it spread how just through through your efforts. Yeah. Um, it it got originally got going with groups of indigenous leaders in East Africa and West Africa. Then it began to uh, spread and it began to uh, cross connect to different places, and more and more of the African map got filled in. Uh, now over 30 countries in Africa. Wow. Then uh, things happened in South Asia and India, and that began to spread to where now we're, we're talking about five countries in South Asia, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, and Nepal. Then over in Southeast Asia, which is now uh, nine countries. And, and the whole idea is that God, God produced an interconnected world. And from the very beginning, from post-Pentecost on, the way the gospel has spread is ordinary people making disciples in their natural networks. And as that's happening, it begins to open up new places and new people because the world is interconnected. Mm. Uh, Now, certainly you have to coach those things so they stay on track. And there's a lot of um, elements into the process. But at its root, the whole idea is uh, what Jesus started from the beginning. When he told, you know, 11 disenfranchised, homogeneous Jews, in effect, I want you to go everywhere. I want you to win everyone, and I want you to do it with nothing. They must have thought he was crazy. <laughs> but the story of Acts, as it begins to unfold, you see the Gospels in Herod's household. Then you see the Gospels in Caesar's household, mm, yeah. you know, the epicenter of the empire. Then you hear that it's in the Praetorian Guard. That's military elite. Then you hear it's gone into Ephesus and Corinth. Uh, idol-worshipping centers, but also mercantile centers. Then you hear it's in all Asia. Then you hear the world's upside down. Now, how does that happen in that amount of time with no resources and no leadership or anything? And the answer is ordinary people are multiplying disciples in their natural networks. Wow. So um, in your travels and and uh, either, either working domestically or, or over in the countries yourself, you must have saw, seen uh, magnificent changes in the populations as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Now you're tra- you're training diet disciples, but the, the work has to be impactful. Oh, incredibly yeah. so. That when you're teaching to obey, there's a spiritual dynamic that God releases his blessing. You know, way back when the children of Israel left Egypt, And it was time for Moses to go. He said, I'm going to set before you the blessing and the curse. On the blessing side, if you obey, you get all these benefits. On the curse side, if you don't obey, you get these detriments. And then Mm. he cried out and said, choose life. Mm. So when people obey, God releases his blessing and things change. And you're dealing with people and populations that were bare necessities, right? Oh, yes. Um, Terrible conditions. This ranges from absolute poverty to uh, oppressive governments to persecution by religions that are resistant to an incredible number of natural disasters, famines, floods, locusts, etc. And then, of course, recently, the the COVID thing that swept the world and, and things like that. All of that have been devastating. 
And yet the story of God's glory is despite all those things, yeah. we're still seeing explosive growth. I'm going to take just a moment to remind our listeners, if you're late tuning in to the Rescuers Radio Show, uh, my guest is Harry Brown, founder, president of New Generations International Ministries. And uh, so, so Harry, um, gosh, I have so many questions for you. Um, you had some statistics that I, I saw in some of your material, startling statistics, um, around the world that were some not easy to, to handle. You lost some trained disciples, right? To, to various yeah. wars or or governments or whatever that was. Oh, that's completely true. And let me just bring it down to something that's been everybody's mind and heart. And that's the COVID situation. Yes. So it kicked off in 2020 and it yeah. stayed. So did this radio show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never lost the show though. Yeah, with a much different effect than COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so during the COVID season, um, everything locked down. And around the world, the people who had the least capacity suffered the most. And bottom line, the cure, so the so-called cure of shutting things down was worse than the disease because mm. people were at risk of starving. They didn't have storage. They didn't have safety net. They didn't have governments that could provide and so when this hit in 2020, we told all the field leaders around the world, you have complete freedom to use the resources that we have in the budget and so forth to help hurting people, but make sure that you maintain your calling of creating disciple-making movements. So they did. They began to help what became so many tens of thousands of people actually lost count. And in that process, God did amazing things. In, in the two years of 20 and 21, we saw over 21,000 new churches launched that incorporate over 300,000 new disciples in places that were devastated. Wow. And the, the basic dynamic was you, you show up when everything's on the line with life-saving support and people want to know why. Uh, that's the good news. The hard news is that we lost over 135 of the field team oh, to boy. covid Wow. Because they were willing to put themselves in harm's way in order to serve other people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that was a that that was uh, an unexpected but huge hit to to new generation, right? It, it was um, unexpected in one sense. We intentionally go into the difficult places, so um, high risk, suffering, high risk, yeah. suffering persecution or suffering some sort of. Um, bad news situation is not uncommon at all. We have, um, unfortunately, a large number of sad stories where mm. faithful people of God have had their hands cut off or their feet cut off, oh home burned or churches burned, driven out of their communities, whatever. Oh. But with that, incredible stories of the faithfulness of God. And in fact, I'd love to tell you one real quickly. I'll give you the short version. There was a, a persecution that broke out in a location in East Africa that for security reasons, we don't share. And several hundred people were killed in this thing. Mm. And so it was in completely uh, devastating. And, and they killed one of the church planters who was um, a dear friend of the leader for this particular region. Well, a few weeks later, biblical proportion floods came to this area that have never before happened. 
and just wiped out tens of thousands of housing units. Wow. Well, the, the leader for that region got on the phone and began to lobby me incessantly about needing to help flood victims. <laughs> and I told them, <laughs> you know, we've been fighting COVID for, at that point, 15 months yeah. around the world, and the emergency funds are dry. Well, he's a relentless character, and he never gave up. And so finally I said, here's the deal. I'm going to send you $10,000 we don't have and trust that the Lord will replace it. And we'll call that a down payment on the half a million dollars you're asking for to mm. take care of literally tens of thousands of families. Yeah. And so he took that first 10000 and went immediately to where the Muslim leadership was. And he said, we're here to help. And they said, well, we're the ones that came in and burned everything down and beat everybody up and killed your guy. And he said, and I know, and we're here to help. <laughs> that act of loving your enemy opened up the door to where in a couple of weeks, there was a hundred uh, baptized Muslim, uh, Muslim background followers of Jesus really? who were the perpetrators and, and now had come to become followers of Christ. Oh my gosh. That, that's, um, that's the intersection of incredibly hard, difficult reality with the transforming power of, of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. You have a, a great effort going on now at, uh, in, in the Ukraine and also African crisis. What, what, tell us about that. Yeah, in the Ukraine, uh, when everything went crazy up there, there is, were 120 or so help centers set up. And help is everything from food and clothing, uh, help to get out of the country if it's possible, uh, temporary housing, that kind of stuff. And in the aggregate, we're serving uh, 12,000 people per day. So you can imagine how consumptive that is yes. and how much uh, resource right. it takes to keep things going. But, but that kind of thing is also, in, in our mind, it's an opportunity to advance the kingdom. So we would now say there's a kingdom opportunity in every crisis. Now, that doesn't mean the crisis is not real and there aren't people that are hurting and bad things happen. It, all those things are true. But if you, if you have the right mindset, when you see a crisis happening and you're uh, ready to turn it into a kingdom opportunity, the results can be incredible. And I think that the Lord is resetting the table in the Ukraine situation. And I can't predict exactly how it's going to come out. What I can say is if you're faithful to be pursuing the things of God and intentional in the process of not just helping people, but laying the foundation for the kingdom, that good things will come out of it. Exactly right. And, and I'm glad that you're, you're actually witnessing some of those things happening now. Um, your ministry, New Generations, has um, a step program. It's like nine different principles that, you guide, that guide you, right? What are each of those? Yeah, so th there's a process here that, you know, everybody wants to say, well, how does it work? Because they're not used to seeing disciples making disciples who make <laughs> disciples. Yeah. <laughs> That's not their typical experience. You, you're used so, to them coming in and saying, hey, this is how it's going to be, and this is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, once they become followers of Jesus, they, they tend, uh, unfortunately, to be seedless grapes which means the fruit is real, but it's one generation and done. Yeah. And uh, we're very much in the no more seedless grapes camp. 
because we believe that Jesus said to all of us who claim his name, I want you personally to make disciples and teach them to obey. And of course, if they do, then they will repeat the process with people who repeat the process. And you'll see it, it growing and you'll see it also cross connecting into all the various segments of society. So that's the premise we come from mm -hmm. in terms of a process. Uh, we're very strong um, believers in the necessity of intercession in order to start the process. So we put a lot of time and energy into mobilizing prayer. Currently, ar around the world, we have north of 100,000 dedicated intercessors. So once the prayer base is in place, the idea is to train the local folks, enter communities, launch discovery Bible studies, and then coach the process of those multiplying in their natural networks and coach the process of them multiplying in new networks. Hey, That's Harry, we're in our last uh, almost a minute and a half now, but um, yes, people, people in our worldwide audience, if they're interested in reaching out to you, how do they do that? Uh, newgenerations.org or my personal email, first initial, last name, hbrown at newgenerations.org. God bless you. And, and you are a rescuer, Harry. I'm so glad well, we thank God bless you for being on the program today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Art. Bless you. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 